What's going on, everybody? Bishop Brigante, welcome to another episode of Risk and Rewards. This is the series where we talk to some of your favorite personalities about some of the risks they've taken in their career to get where they are today. And right now, this is literally a blessing. This is an honor because my big bro is finally on the show after much, much request. Please welcome Nickel Nine, Royce the Five Nine. What's popping? Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you very, Thank you very much. much. I appreciate everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for the warm applause. Thank you for the fantastic intro, Bishop Bagante. Yo, like, I gotta say, like my blanket. Yo, I, the blanket is fire. For, first off, um, thank you for the incredible introduction music that you've given the series. Um, I get a lot of messages about it. A lot of rappers talking about they want to rap on the, on the beat and all that. Thank you very much, man. The beat is incredible and uh, it really sets the tone for the series. Thank you for that. You're welcome, you're welcome. Um, thank you for liking it and thank you for those kind words. I will be remiss to not tell you though that uh, you can use it for the show, but don't let anybody rap on those beats. Nah, nah. I'm not anybody rap on those beats because I only want to hear Dylon, 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 Dylon. So because he's the only one, he's the only one that's gonna have, he's the only one that's gonna have them syllable piece ups. Nah, nah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's got to be some people that's familiar with the science. Yo, let's let's talk about that for a second. Let's jump into it because, I mean, you've had literally every top lyricist, well, a bunch of them on their heels lately. And uh, my favorite thing that, you, that you've been um, putting into the atmosphere with everybody is my favorite saying that you've said in a long time is be intentional. Let's talk about what's been going on with um, a lot of these MCs lately and, and what you exactly mean by be intentional. Well, I mean, rap is a competitive sport, right? Yeah. Um, even though it's, it's, there's so many different layers to, to creating, um, the, the genre has grown so much and um, so many different facets of it has been put into different categories. And, you know, due to social media, you know, like everything is just readily available to you. You don't have to subscribe to things that you're not into. So everybody's not into the competitive side of rapping. Um, there is an audience for it, but some some of us, you know, like approaching the craft is a um it, it's 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 a form of fulfillment. <clears throat> it's something, it's a form of self-expression, and it's a coping mechanism for a lot of us. You know what I mean? So a lot of us, you know, like just the way that we create, it, it's rooted in, in you know the competitive spirit of it, just coming from, you know, like the open mic space and shit like that. So um, when you get into the into the into the business and you start working, you know, the business side of it and you start trying to grow your brand as an artist. Um, it's not always easy to um, to be clear, to be clear with, 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 with messaging or something that you're trying to convey. Right. And um, it's very easy to generalize and it's very easy to. Um, go into safe spaces, you know? So if I say, if I tweet out that I'm the best, I think the, the, the fans don't, the fans don't even look at that. There was a time that if you said you were the best, then the fans would kind of hold you to that. Like the culture would kind of hold you to that, or it would have to come attached to some sort of intentional um energy that's that implies something that supports what's being said like like a control verse like a like a classic album shit like that right well it don't have to necessarily it don't have to necessarily well that's one of the things like i would if somebody told me they were the best um because it's become so subjective these days i would i'm interested in that like I would just wonder how so, how do you feel? What's, what makes you feel that way? And then, you know, I like having those kinds of conversations. That's one side of it. But then there's also another side of it that's where you should have to show that you're willing to prove it 
competitively, you know what I mean? And right. in some shape, form, or fashion. Like there's so many different ways to um to, to express a broad statement. And the more broad you allow it to be, the less impact it'll have because it just allows you to hide in a safe space where you don't have to put any action with those words. And I just think all of the fucked up places that the culture has went to um, for the sake of competing, it, it's gotten to a point where people are like either desensitized, overly sensitive, or people are people are weaponizing um, competitive behavior and masculine aggressive lyrical behavior. They're weaponizing it. And oh, oh, no, no, people got, you know, somebody got, some 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 personal feelings is something somebody said and something right you know what i mean like everybody automatically goes to some fucked up place when they hear something that's being discussed or something like that and there's a lot of people that are openly discussing things that you know in my world to even just openly openly discuss certain things you're automatically implying that you're open for pushback so if you get pushback um your reaction to the pushback shouldn't be, oh man, what, 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 what does he feel the way about? You know what I'm saying? Right, like, right, right. It's like, I don't feel the way about anything. I don't feel the way about anything. Just like you didn't mean nothing by it when you said it, other than what you're saying. Right. There's a lot of rappers who feel like that they're the best. It's been a lot of rappers saying that they're the best over the years. You know what I mean? The you sometimes it's the usual suspect. Sometimes it's the new guy. Sometimes it's the old delusional guy. Sometimes it's you know, and then and then sometimes there's a guy or two that people consider goats that never even say that. They just they're the humble ones. You know what I mean? Like everybody has a different way that they express their energy. But one thing is for sure, two things is for certain. Um, when they go in to do what they do in that booth, everybody is intentional when they write those raps and they land those raps. Right. But like I'll so, probably so, so so right now we're we're in a stage where where it's almost it's like it's just easy to say but then every as soon as you know you you step to it you're like yo okay well why and then that put everybody like everybody panicked it felt like everybody was panicking yeah they thought i was coming at they thought i was coming at rj Payne, um in like a negative way you know what i'm saying right and um and they also thought they automatically assumed that i was saying i'm the best wasn't necessarily saying that either. What I'm saying is, oh, you and Ransom the two best spitting right now. Okay, how so? Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so what? <laughs> but, but also, but I'm not. Freak out. But I'm also not. I'm not implying that I want you to feel differently about yourself. Right. I'm not trying to change how you feel. I just, I just want you to articulate this to me. What makes you? What what brought you to this space? Because it's a great conversation too. I've been in, I've been in that space plenty of times. I've been in a space where I felt like I needed to prove shit. I'm mad I wasn't on people's lists. I've been in a space where I felt like I was getting my props in in certain moments. I've been in a whole bunch of different spaces. Right. I've been in spaces where I didn't give a fuck about I didn't give a fuck about shredding people up lyrically because I was so. Um, attached to a certain facet of creativity in in moments like when i first started learning how to make beats like i had that whole process i didn't write anything all of my all of my time and energy just went into trying to learn and just working on getting better at, at just making beats so i just dedicated everything to that so i go in and out of it you know like so before okay so before we jump to that though okay i noticed that a reoccurring um a reoccurring body of work that you've been posting a lot is, is bar exam four. Tell me about the space you were in at that point. Yeah, so, okay, so, and, and what I was saying, right, right, right before you just said what you said, I, um, while I was learning how to make beats, while I was doing that, um, that six, eight, nine month process, somebody like King Los can come out and go on a fucking, a, a tear. Right. And it'd be nothing I can do about it because I'm not, I'm not mentally equipped to be able to do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going out there and playing with Los unless I know I feel like it. You know what I'm right, saying? Like, right, right. That's, that's fucking suicide. You know what I'm saying? 
So let them have it. You know what I mean? So the space that I was in when I was when I did bar exam and I was rolling out bar exam, um, I got inspired to do bar exam, the mixtape, just by the lyricists that was calling themselves the best. They were inspiring me. They what they were doing, their, their the way they was rhyming at the radio, that sway and all of that, like Sahai, Abso, Los, Lupe, like everything that they were doing was inspiring me. And they were saying, I'm the best rapper alive. And that always gets my attention. Right. Anybody say that is gonna get my attention. You know what I mean? Like some people have said it and I I didn't say anything about it, but I still felt the same way. You know what I mean? And then some people have said it and I've been like, what, who the fuck, what, wow. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And then sometimes it's been like, what? Oh yeah, I'm coming for you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like So there, so, so there is, there is a, a certain class that when that happens, that could spark your, like that could spark, you know, you being inspired to like, okay, well, let's see about that. Yeah, but yeah, but but see, I think you talking about, you talking about like actually rapping. I'm talking about, I'm talking about just seeing about that and whatever, right. whatever that entails, I'm always prepared for, you know what I'm saying? So I'm just like, it, it's not necessarily, it's not necessarily a challenge. It's just, if I'm, if you say something that, if you grab for something that big, that boisterous, right? It shouldn't be tough that to articulate it. It shouldn't be tough to articulate it. Right. Okay. So, so, okay. So, if you were the one that said it, articulate it. Why are you the best? But I didn't say I was the best. But I think, okay, but if, so what would be a good way for somebody who said that? Like, would it just be put the music up, put put the examples up? Because some, like everybody else is saying they're the best, yeah. that you are the only one that's actually putting up so many examples of why you're the best. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But that's what I want to know, because that would be unique to the individual, because everybody's the way that everybody is approaching it is differently. Like right. Kendrick can say he's the best and Drake can say he's the best. Right. But Kendrick, Kendrick won't present to you the same thing Drake can present to you because right. they're taking two totally separate paths, but they have, they have running concurrent with each other, parallel to each other, similar levels of success. They're doing the same arenas. Ollie you know video. what I mean? They're doing they doing the same arenas. You know what I mean? Like they both they both have super high engagement whenever they fucking do anything. Whenever they whenever they deliver anything, you know what I mean? And they and they're both held to a standard. You know, so if you ask Drake, Drake might tell you because I got the most number ones. If you ask Kendrick, Kendrick may say because I'm the only rapper to ever get a Pulitzer Prize. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Right. Like, but they would be providing you with tangible things, tangible information to like, to where, you know, like, but but also if they said it, I wouldn't be perplexed because they're very intentional with everything that they do. Right, right, right. These niggas is just rapping. We've been rapping. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like we've been yep. rapping, like, don't get me wrong. Like, man, I see, I see the greatness in everybody that has ever said it. You know what I'm saying? I see the greatness in everybody that's ever said it. I see the greatness in, in Mural by Lupe. I see the greatness in the things that he's accomplished. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, it's like so one person may look at Mural a certain way. And then that doesn't mean I'm gonna look at Mural the same way. Right. I think Mural is like some Magnus, Magnus Opus shit for him in terms of going in. And he did it at a time where it was like, he didn't necessarily need to go in and he just went in. But if there has to be a but, Somebody like me would look at that and say, okay, yeah, that's cool. And I think you should get your flowers for that, but you got to keep doing it. Right. Consistency. You can't, do it. you can't do it one time and then be like, yo. And then ride off on that. Forever now. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Like, so, so it's consistency is key. Consistency is key regardless. Yeah. Like, whatever. See, like, it's not about having a moment, man. At any point, if we all get on a song with each other, anybody can have the best verse. Right. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, who's going to consistently like that mural? I, I do that cause, just because it's Tuesday. That's not a special thing for me to do. You know what I'm saying? I'm just being honest. No, no, no. If I fucks with it. 
and I love, and I love, I love, I love Lupe. He's one of our greats. You know what I'm saying? But he he talks a lot. He talks a lot for somebody who don't plan on rapping. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're gonna inject yourself into the conversation, then what? Tell us why. Tell us why you feel so entitled in the conversation. Because it's all it's all fucking interesting to me. It's super interesting shit to me. Like, like I learned a lot about the high the high regard that he holds. Um, Mickey Fax too. I thought that was an interesting um, dynamic that they had when they were ganging up on me and shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's fun to watch. You know, when I first met Mickey, it was way back in the day. Um, I met him through Joe and shit. We back um, on like Rock the Bells and shit like that. Yeah. And um, I don't even know if Mickey had even knew Lupe yet. So it's cool to watch him, you know, elevate. You know what I'm saying? Watch him grow. And it's cool to see him a lot more intentional about being like a, a MC right. these days. Yeah. I don't know if he was like that when I first met him. Hmm. He was in like a he was in like a car commercial. Like a, <laughs> like a, he, was in, he was in like a he was in like a uh it was like a Ford commercial or something. Yeah, sure. You're, yeah. I'm serious. No, I know, but your delivery is killing me. <laughs> sure. yeah, he, yeah, it was like I thought I I and he had skinny jeans on. He was the first MC I seen with skinny jeans on. So I was just like, I thought he was about to go a commercial, a commercial route. I didn't know that he was so into the tech, the technical aspect of, of MCing. Right. So it's just, and then like I years later, I just started seeing him on the battle stage battling people. And I'm like, shit, I didn't know Mickey, I didn't know Mickey, I didn't know that's what he was on. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's all interesting to me. It's all interesting convo to me. And then like I didn't realize that somebody like Lupe will hot will hold somebody like Mickey to such a high re regard unless he was just trolling me. I mean, they've been trying to jump you out, you know, for, for lack of a better term, online. They've been like attacking you from every angle. Yeah, that's fantastic, man. Bless their hearts. It's like it's not working though. He told he told Mickey he told me that Mickey can take what I he can do anything I can do and elevate it lyrically. So I was just like, I ain't know, I didn't know if he was trolling me or if he really felt like that. Now, Lupe has said some. He's, he has said some re pretty ridiculous things yes. during our friendship. <laughs> that is by far, that by far takes the cake. You know what I'm saying? Listen, I've known you for a very long time. We've been friends for a very long time. And this, like you've always been competitive and you've always had this same kind of vibe and same kind of stance when it came to, you know, lyrical ability and, and hip hop and rapping period, right? But lately, I can't lie, like, you know, there's things that I know and, and you know, the, 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 the viewers and the fans don't know, but are you in, a, are you getting in this space where you're like, okay, you know, a lot of motherfuckers are talking. I, I feel like you're, you're inching towards a certain direction here where it's like, where like, it's kind of like what Crook and I was talking about too, where it's like, okay, we might have to prove this. We might have to get in some sort of like environment where, you know, I don't want, I don't want to, you know, I'm just saying like you, I feel like you're in a really competitive space right now. Are you heading in a direction? What's going on? You feel like I'm in a really competitive space based off what? Like where you're like ready to, you know, cause you've said some, some pretty, you know, you said some cryptic stuff, but majority of the stuff has been super intentional. And I, I mean, you said at one point, Smack knows my number and my number. And you what know what I mean? About like, that? Is that something that is that something that is a possibility or something that you'd want to put on the table? Did you take did you did you take that as cryptic? No, no, no. I'm saying there's there's been other things where you've said things like, you know, you're willing to get, you know, get at it, but like that was the most intentional where you've said, you know, I, you know, people that run a battle league know where to find me. Are yeah. you like, are you, is this where you're, you're headed? Are you in the, interested in that kind of uh, competitive spirit and, and, and platform? I mean, you, you mean just going and battling? Yeah. I'm down to go and battle. I've always been down to go and battle, but it, it's, it's just catching me at different times. Like if I'm working on an album, then right. I'm not as down, but I still have the same 
um, I'm still drawn to it the same way. You know what I mean? So if you can like if me, if you and I, you are you are MC, I'm an MC. We we cool with each other. You can call me, you know, in in January, and, and we we could talk about doing the song, and that doesn't mean it's gonna happen in January. It just right. depends on what I'm doing in January. Right. Like the song is gonna happen when you catch me at the right time. But 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 being open to doing a song with you, that's that's January, February, March. It don't matter. I'm open. It just we got to get it done when I, when I can get it done. You know what I mean? Just like you know. Okay, we, so but but right now. Yeah, you, right now, right right now, I'm not doing nothing. I ain't been rapping. I'm not working on an album. So that means there's time to possibly jump in that ring. Yeah, I got time. <laughs> this is an exclusive, y'all. Because I got time. I mean. This is that you know. I just don't Steve, think it's Royce the five nine. It, it, you know, I don't think it's nobody to. It's not. I don't think it's anybody to battle. Well, I know the battle rap fans gonna hear this and they gonna be like, "Well, we got this guy, we got this guy, we got this guy." Would, would you? They gonna, they gonna take. They gonna name battlers. Right. So we okay. So okay. So if you had that okay. So say something like this was to happen. Would you be more inclined to battle? a battler or would you be more inclined to battle a peer in, in you know that's on the same path you know musically that you've been on and like the same kind of caliber artist like that's that's a successful artist more that or are you more inclined to jump in the ring versus somebody that's lyrical but a battler i haven't really thought of it like that because at the end of the day it don't really matter who it is you know what i mean but the reason why we talking about it is because of comments that my, some of my peers made. Right. So that's what I've been thinking about. I haven't been thinking about the battlers because I mean, these niggas is the ones talking. You know what I'm saying? Like, like if Lupe, Lupe, that would have been ideal. If Lupe would have been down to put some action with them words. We can do that. That's no problem. We can do if that. You go three rounds with Lupe Fiasco. Does he win a round? I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball. You know what I mean? It would be hard for me to um it would be hard for me to be able to say say that because it's so it's so many different ways that that can go because he can do so many things and I can do so many things. So it's like it, it literally will come down to just it would just depend on what direction he chooses to take. You know what I mean? Like when you when you you got a, a, a MC as multi-layered as Lupe, somebody like him can literally throw rounds away. Just mm -hmm. by fucking either overdoing something or just over over fucking analyzing something or just going the wrong direction, you know what I mean? And not not coming in with the with the proper game plan. You know, somebody like me, I could go in, I could go in and I've seen I've seen um some of the battlers do this, but go in and just not take it, not take it as serious as I should have. And maybe I didn't put spend enough time memorizing, you know, and I'm like stopping and going and trying to remember this and you know what I'm saying like doing shit last minute right shit like that like that that that'll lose you rounds right there right you know what I mean so I mean you have to literally be talking about both of us coming in there at the top of our game and then how do we even approach that I don't know it's just something I had to wrap my I had to wrap my brain around you well, know I mean? man competitively just competitively just your opinion like do you think he beats you in eight rounds I don't, I don't think so. I don't know. I mean, I think I think he's he great. He's a great lyricist. So I mean, anything is possible when you're in there with a great. He's lyricist. Very comical too. It's very comical. <laughs> yeah, y'all yeah. back and forth is hilarious. It's very comical. You you know that now because he's hanging around with me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but before that, before that, he was just sitting around angry all the time. Okay, before we before I'm we get to bring the happiness out of Lupe. Okay, uh, before we get into risk, uh, the risk, I want to ask you one more question. Just, just I know this is going to be a tough, tough prediction, but let's just throw it out there. Because these are two lyricists that are, are I, I feel this is going to be, this is going to be incredible. Pick one, Daylight King Los. I'll get out of here. <laughs> you don't get to pick one. No, right? Anybody picking one don't know nothing. That's going to be a crazy battle, bro. 
Yeah, it's gonna be a crazy battle. You know, you know what the most interesting thing about this daylight and King Los thing is? How many people are saying the daylight is just gonna demolish King Los? King Los don't stand a chance against daylight. Yeah, no, nah, daylight wouldn't have taken the battle if he felt that way himself. So I don't even think daylight would say that. Daylight plans on leaving Earth in a way that he's never left Earth before. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But the fans, just off of some of his, some of Daylight's more recent performances and just how great he is and, and just what his greatness represents and how comfortable he is in that battle rap space and people's preconceived notions about quote unquote established rappers, it makes them think that King Los doesn't have a chance. Yeah, right. I can't even have a, I can't even have a conversation with somebody like that. I can't, we can't have a, we can't have an honest conversation. I can't even see how that, how that conversation can even be fun. You know what it is though? There's been, there's been other, you know, what's the other term? Like uh, mainstream rappers or, or no. Um, established, 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 established artists, right? Mm -hmm. So, so there's been a few that have stepped in the arena and got destroyed. That's why I think the stigma, uh, it's kind of, it's kind of funny because it's the reverse now. Cause back in the days it was like, Battle rappers can't make music, and now that's flipped. Now it's established artists can't battle rap. I think that's anecdotal, because <laughs> because there are a couple of quote unquote established artists who have went in and got destroyed, but there's even more cases of established artists going in, and it's supposed to get destroyed. Right. And these guys, that's supposed to be the killers, can't figure out how to destroy it. It's been more times that that's happened. Why is that not a stigma? I know, I know. But wow. battle rap fan, battle rap fans are like they're 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 loyal to the soil, bro. <laughs> they, yeah, I mean, yeah, I get it. I get it. You know what I'm saying? But that's the, that's kind of like how how I observe it. I'm like like Hollow and Joe. I I was just like all right, maybe that was like a fluke, you know what I mean? And then um all Cassidy battles, bro. Every last one of them. They can't kill them. They can't kill him. They can't kill him. It's, and that's it, what I'm saying. You know, like everybody I'm, says, I'm gonna kill him. I'm gonna kill him. I'm, and they you know, don't I'm, kill him. We'll be saying, you know, like, oh, if I was to battle Eminem and if I was to battle Drake, and I don't know if it would be as easy as they think, man, because for whatever reason, they can't figure out the right angle of to go to, to take to go against somebody that's more popular than them. Right. That's a that's a tough cookie to crack. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like. I mean, you can argue that some people beat Cassidy, but it wasn't, it wasn't like- um, It wasn't decisive enough. They, they it wasn't decisive him. enough. And they should have killed him. Like, quote unquote, the way they say they're going to, and everybody goes in expecting it. And then all of a sudden you're watching, you're like, oh shit, Cassidy's kicking ass. I mean, who, who are we talking about? We talking about Arsenal, Disaster, Goods. Uh, who else did he have? Um, Hitman. Hitman Holland. Okay. I thought disaster was going to, I thought he was going to be the one because of what he did to cannabis. Bro, listen, everybody that I just named, all of those dudes, they all have performances under their belt that are classic Epic, yeah. murders. Yes. Classic M1s that's going down in history. And they couldn't, they couldn't figure it out. <laughs> Yo, I love it. I love it. I, I love, love it too. I love I, it too. Because, I love it too because, because I feel like Cassidy became the Floyd Mayweather of battle rap because everybody hates to see him win. And then he wins and he just says, I'm going to win. And then he comes in and kicks ass. <laughs> okay. Maybe not Mayweather, but he's coming I in. Mean, there. Whatever. I'm just talking. I, I wasn't even thinking about that. I was just thinking about he come in and kick ass and it's just like, everybody's mad. They mad, they mad, but it's like, yo, that's y'all problem. That's y'all problem. That ain't my problem. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on I'm on team established artists. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> okay, hold on. Let me okay. Let's get into these risks, all right? Now, Royce the 59, Nickel 9, please. Let's start off on the positive side. Please tell us a risk that you've taken in your career that was a positive come up. Give us one of those. One of those positive uh come ups in, in in the game for you um 
stopping drinking. Stopping drinking. I mean, it it wasn't um I didn't go into it, I didn't go into it viewing it as a risk, but looking at it in retrospect, uh, it was pretty risky. It felt pretty risky because just because um historically artists have done that. Artists have like had um dependencies, drug dependency, alcohol dependencies, and then they've stopped, and then like we've seen downside um to to either their careers or their creativity or something that we could put a finger on and say, yo, well, I like what he was doing better when he was high, or I like, you know, or whatever, whatever we right, say, right, man, yeah. you know what I mean? And like, even though me as the addict didn't go into it, looking at it as a risk, once I start getting into my sobriety, I, in my mind, I was thinking about, damn, I hope, you know, like, I hope I'll still be able to write, or I hope people won't, you know, like turn on me, or I hope, you know, like it was just, I started thinking about all the bad shit first. So that automatically tells me or I'm, I'm it, that I'm processing it as some sort of risk. So um, I was worried about a lot of things, but so far it's been, it's been only reward. You know what I mean? Like I haven't, um, I haven't suffered anything. You know what I mean? If any, it, the only thing is I had to, it, it was a process of me like getting used to my brain working on clicking on all cylinders and, and just, getting used to doing things without being dependent on substance. And, and I started to learn how many things that I was doing throughout my day that was dependent on substance that I just didn't even pay attention to. It wasn't until I didn't have a substance that I realized all the different triggers throughout my day. So just making that kind of a, those kinds of adjustments, it was just a tough, it was a tough period because it was just a long lengthy period of like going to the studio, pulling the beat up, listening to the beat for a couple hours and leaving frustrated, telling myself I got writer's block. Then it got to a point where I was like, man, fuck it. I, I lost it. I, um, I ain't got it no more. I fucking lost wow. it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, because as creators, that's what we kind of do to ourselves. We got this, the biggest, this, the biggest opposition we got right here. You know what I mean? So, and that, that whole addiction, the whole addiction thing, the alcohol addiction thing, it's the same thing. I trained myself to do things using alcohol, you know? So like my my brain and my body mentally, I was just looking, I was looking for it. You know what I mean? Right. I, grew, I grew dependent on it when I did those things. So now it's just like training myself to do the opposite and just, you know, doing things the, the regular way as, as not normal as they feel, you know what I'm saying? Like shit just didn't feel normal. It didn't feel normal. I was going to sleep early waking up early, tucking my shirt in and shit, <laughs> tucking my fucking shirt in, you know, like, um, I don't know, man. Then when I start, when I start actually being able to like write again, uh, I, I, I started out like, I just did a couple features and shit for a couple people, but the first one I went in and did, I couldn't even write it down. I had to just go straight in the booth. Mm. You know what I mean? And it was just like, I can't remember what I could I can't remember why when I was trying to write it, it, it I felt like it was getting in the way of um I don't know if I was thinking of it faster than I can write it or mm. whatever the case me writing it just didn't feel it just didn't feel right you didn't I have was, that feel yeah I yeah. was thinking to myself like well I'm just gonna say it because I, I I'm 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 rapping it in my head right now like cause yeah. I damn near was thinking of thinking of the rap on my way to the studio and I know a lot of people who write like that. Elzai write like that. Crooked write like that. I never wrote like that. Never cared to write like that. Jay-Z put the biggest battery in the culture's back. Yeah. <laughs> he told everybody that he wrote like that. Because people right. thought, these non-creative people thought that, that if they, you know, adopted his process, that they would get the same the, results. Yeah, the, the, the Jay-Z results, the magic. You know what I'm saying? And it yeah. actually was like, I can tell that you didn't write that down. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Just write it down, bro. I, I love I love to write. So I got myself I got myself back in the groove of that, like actually writing. But it was a, it was a period of time where it was just like I was I'd just be thinking of it and I just had to just say it. How how long how so how long are you at now? Eight years? Yeah, it'd be eight years in September. And and congratulations and salute and nothing but blessings for that. One thing I want to say, um, you know, that I've experienced being on the road with you when we did uh, the layers tour. 
-hmm. something about something that I learned about you was how helpful you were to so many people during that time, because every meet and greet we had, there were so many people that came up to you that, you know, had a story and you literally listened to every single person. You spoke to every person and you shared, um, you shared insight, you shared uh, similarities, you, you shared advice. Um, you've, you've just been such a helpful person to so many people, whether they be online or whether it be at shows, wherever I've, I've just seen it. And uh, that's incredible. Do you, do you, do you feel like that, that is also a, uh, one of the rewards that you, that you get is being able to help people? Definitely. Definitely. And I didn't, I didn't realize that it was going to be like that going into it because initially I wasn't going, I wasn't going to share that with, with anybody. Right. I was just going to continue to just do my music and not tell anybody that I wasn't drinking anymore. Mm. That's initially how I was going to do it. You know what I'm saying? So um, I can't remember why I did it and when, when I did it or how it happened, but I know I remember when I first, when I first started to f get testimony from people, you know, meet and greets and shit like that. And I, I first started to get re uh, reactions and, um, like read comment sections and shit like that. Cause you know, we always do that. Right. And um, getting positive feedback about um, um, just the way that me sharing and being open about my issues, I started to hear the different ways in which it was helping people. And that was the first time that I felt like, okay, all right, I'm doing, I feel I'm, I'm finally doing something good. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like finally, finally. And I, I just remember that feeling being a little bit more, me liking it a little bit more than the feeling that I got pre previously for everything I've ever done creatively, which was mostly negative. You know what I mean? Mm. Like not necessarily something where you would be like, yo, I'm taking the culture backwards or anything like that, but just speaking about um, as artists, man, we go, we go to the things that we go straight to the place creatively, and we we go we we want to we paint the pictures that affected us emotionally first. We paint the dark first. We go to the dark paint first always. Yep. yep. So, um, and a lot of times we apprehensive about going to the lighter paint because the the environment that we come from is is shaped around a social construct that says you know, the, the measuring stick for cool is, you know, hyper-masculine, tough guy shit. You know what I mean? So that's automatically, that automatically correlates to all the dark paint. You know what I mean? Right. So like the lighter paint is the happier place. You know what I mean? And like the smarter place, you know what I mean? Like, and it's like, there's a lot of happy, smart people in the ghetto, you know, but you know, a young, a young black person that's happy and smart He'll probably that person will probably be a little apprehensive to show you that side of, of themselves or be so forthcoming with that, you know, when they're in an environment where they can be more so to camouflage by um, just being toxic. Right, right, right. So, you know, like taboo, so, it's considered taboo to be yeah, so a nice you, guy, happy. Yeah. So if you apply that to, to the creative space where the majority of the people that are that are portraying things to you are not authentic. You know, like they're, they, they were inspired by somebody authentic that they seen and they came in and, and tried to replicate that because they, there's a, there's a, um, a measuring stick for cool that's been set in stone in the creative space here. You know what I'm saying? So like, there's a lot of shit that people subscribe to just being coming into this space and being artists that is bullshit. So you, so you, so you found a lot of, uh, a lot of that light by helping people and and hearing, hearing from different uh, people all over the world, and f just based off you sharing that. It's incredible. Yeah, like I, f I felt like I did something good. Yeah. And prior to that, I didn't, I wasn't thinking about doing anything good. Like I wasn't thinking about I've been doing anything bad. I wasn't thinking about it. Right. It was just my way. You know what I mean? So like. Yeah. 
getting that feedback and that feeling that I got allowed me to place perspective on that and weigh one thing against the other. <clears throat> and it also allowed me to look at other things. And why am I not weighing other things? Why am I not placing perspective on other things? Right. It's just like it's just like when I went and I, I worked with Puff and I was writing for Puff. And he made me rewrite this one song so many times that it forced me to look at the way I how much effort I put into my own shit. Because up until that point, I was like, well, damn, I never rewrote any of my shit. So I was mm -hmm. like, well, maybe I should think about adding that to my process because I've rewrote so many times that I, I got to a point where I realized like, yo, this really how this is really how this has to be because to, to write to approach something, to write a verse to a song or write two verses to a song and then just to go, okay, well, that's what I came up with. That's what yeah, the song here it is. is. That's like, that's the same as coming into the studio and saying, you only got me from three to six. So if I can come up with a classic in that amount of time, cool. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, you. It, that's wishful thinking to think that you can, you know, like that you can like, condense things and you know close the window and then like be able to control the way the magic happens how that's gonna happen when that's gonna happen how it's gonna be i mean it's just not it's not really a smart way to approach anything that involves so much um emotional nurturing and something so something that you are going to attach you're going to attach your feelings to for the rest of your life so like why why why, why play with it you know what right. i mean like, why fuck with it you hear, I, I, that's a reoccurring story that I'd be hearing about Puff a lot. You'd be what, making people you rewrite? Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, I mean, he was a little excessive, <laughs> but I, but that's, that, that, that's good. You know what I mean? Right. That helped, that helped me, you know what I mean? But I think a lot, a large portion of the time, it, he just didn't know what he wanted. You know what I mean? And he wasn't able to articulate it and he kind of would, he knew it when he heard it. Right. It was up to me to kind of figure that out. And he didn't mind telling me, nope, that ain't it. Nope, that ain't it. You know what I mean? It just so happened that I was at a place where he could do that to me. You know what I'm saying? And he, and, and he sensed that. So he he wore out his welcome. You know what I'm saying? Like he, he definitely he definitely overdid it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and it's just like, it did me, it did me more good. I thought it was doing me some bad. Like I fucking, like I had feelings about. Like in the moment? Yeah, I had feelings about it in the moment. Cause I just felt like, you know, he, he had me like in a, like a little B room, you know what I mean? <laughs> like all the stars. Not, not, not Royce in the B room. All the stars was coming in, going in his A room. And you know, that's where all the girls was at and all the cameras and lights. And not Royce, not Royce peeking through the door of the A room. No, I, well, I wasn't peeking through the door. He had just, he had just come check on me. What up? You ain't got nothing yet? <laughs> oh, I ain't got nothing because I'm in a fucking closet, nigga. Write that again. Yeah, but he um I learned a lot. I learned That's a lot. Even 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 if he wasn't in, he wasn't intentionally trying to teach me anything, he opened up my eyes to a new way of approaching things and just looking at things. And then like he he made me look at it in a way that says, um, as creators, you you may not know when you settling for shit. You know what I'm saying? Like mm. you 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 can be settling for things, and it'll just be a trap that you set for yourself, a creative trap that you set for yourself. Rather it be through complacency or just you just only being used to, to your way being your way and only having a way to approach. You know, and I know that's the thing because I used to do interviews back in the day, and people one of the questions would be, "What's your process?" Like what, how do you do it? How do you, how do you approach writing? You know what I mean? And uh, I, I don't think that there should be an answer to that. You know, like I think- It's not the same every time. It shouldn't be. Yeah, no. It shouldn't be because I mean, listen, man, listen, however many things that you have, that, that's, that's the same amount of potential crutches and traps you could be setting to. All of that shit comes at a cost. You know what I mean? Because you're just implying that you want it your way. You know what I mean? And sometimes it's just not, it's just not like that. You got to find your essentials. You got to find the things that put you in, in the mood or put you in a zone or close to being in the zone, or at least 
in a position to where nothing else is in, on your mind or in your head. You know what I mean? Like to me, that's really all it is. Like I just, right. once I got me a place <laughs> where I can make sure it wasn't any windows anywhere where I could, that I look out of, you know, I don't have, I'm not looking at my watch. My girl is good at the crib. My kids are good. She not blowing my fucking phone up, worrying me to death about something. Mm-hmm. And um, I got access to social media and I can just kind of look at what's going on and I can feel plugged into what's going on. And whatever I'm, whatever I'm focused on at that time, I'm going to be able to put my best foot forward. But the second something else, a, a different thought enters my mind, like, hey, we, got to, we need you for a meeting in two hours. All right, well, yeah, God just got up and walked out the fucking room. Thanks, thank you. Yeah, I get you it. Know? I could dig it. Wow. It's a lifestyle. Absolutely. Wow, okay. Amazing. We gotta flip the coin. Mm-hmm. We gotta talk, Royce, about a risk that you took in your career where, the, where it wasn't a come up. It was... Uh, it was a mess. <laughs> it didn't work out. Uh, yeah, drinking. Oh, I mean, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, that didn't work out so well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that didn't work out so well. That's uh, Drinking is definitely one of those things in life. And I think every, every adult, every adult male, especially black male, is going to have one of these in, in, um, in his, in his, uh, and his history of things that he can look back on and say that that's the thing that I rode until the wheels fell off. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it, it's, you're going to, you're going you're gonna to overdo something. You're going to abuse something. It'd rather it be some sort of behavior or something that's destructive to you. That's like a guilty pleasure that you're going to have to shake or not, you know, or just, you know, suffer, you know, suffer the consequences of that. You know what I mean? But, Whatever that thing is or things are, is gonna determine whether you make it or not. Is is successful or or fail? Like it, it literally can affect shit that that's that pertinent. Like situations that pertinent. You know what I mean? Like literally deciding, okay, I'm gonna stop drinking because I see this is problematic. A decision like that can determine whether you walk through the next door or not, do you, especially, especially in the music business. What do you think like, was like the one moment when you were, when you were drinking where it was like, okay, like this is, this is, this is pretty far. Like this is, this is wild. Like, do you have, do you have a specific moment or a couple moments or whatever, like in time when it was like, okay, this is, this, this has gone too far now. Yeah, bro, I have plenty of those moments. I have plenty of those moments. I was just telling my man last night, I was talking to my man on the phone. Um, there had to be a period of time, maybe a two year, at least two years, at least a two year period of time where I was drinking and I knew, I knew that I had a problem. I knew I knew that it was a problem, and I knew I knew I wasn't gonna be able to con- continue to do it for a, a super long period of time, you know. So I just kind of like was on cruise control from there, and those thoughts would cross my mind definitely. Like my wife would plant little seeds, you know. She would make she would make comments. My mom would make comments and shit like that. So I knew at some point it was gonna have to stop somehow, you know. So. Uh, I tried switching to wine. That didn't go well at all. And then uh, uh, I tried to I tried to drink just only on the weekends. That didn't go so well either. And, but but not as not as be, not as not so well as the wine didn't go. The wine was really bad. I wouldn't suggest that. Like worse. That's that's like the worst thing you can possibly do as an alcoholic is tell yourself you, you're going to switch to the shit that's like not as potent. Right. Because what I did was I just started drinking way more of it. More of it. Yeah. yeah. So like I had a whole bunch of like water weight on me and I was a different kind of sloppy ass fucked up drunk. You know, and it, it just 
it just don't work. You know what I'm saying? So I can't remember everything that happened exactly, but uh, I just remember one day feeling like, I remember one day just being tired of it, just tired of everything, all of the fuck up shit that just came along with the decision, my decision making. And then like just, just uh, everything that was fucked up in my life that I wasn't, that I wasn't um, pleased with somehow correlated to the common denominator, which was drinking, drinking. Wow. Hey, babe. Well, that's good. That means, that means you were able to, uh, like, I mean, it's, it's a huge, huge thing to overcome. And, you know, just, I, just as open as you've been about, I didn't overcome it. Let me call you right back, but not overcome it. Um, I mean, I mean, just the actual act of drinking, like being able to stop that and being, you know, conquering that, that side of like the actual action of it. That's I've seen countless people struggle with that. Just even the idea of just stopping, you know what I mean? And, and, and it's a blessing that you were able to find that strength and find that, that, you know, just find that place where you could, you know, make that change and not be, not be on that path anymore. Because like you're saying, right. It, it, there was nothing good about it. Right. Yeah. I, I don't, I, I got my own theory about cold Turkey. Um, switching to wine, only drinking on the weekends, drinking less, stopping after two drinks, that's what's hard. Right. That's what I don't, that's what, that's what you're not going to find a strength for. There is no amount of strength that you're going to find. That's going to, that's going to, that you're going to fucking uh, develop. That's going to make it to where you can control it because that's what you're basically implying. Now I'm going to control it. I'm going to keep it under control and I'm going to drink. Right, right, right. People who drink responsibly and have their, um, their openness to drink under control. Those people are called uh, non-addicts. Yeah, they're not addicts. Yeah, exactly. So uh, people like me, an addict, I can't do anything that 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 um, that's habit forming in moderation or under control. I don't care what it is. You know what I mean? So alcohol was just my addiction. I mean, it was just my drug of choice. You know what I mean? But I mean, anything that's habit forming or anything that I like too much, I binge out on. You know what I mean? I've been like that since I was a little kid. You know what I mean? So to think I that have, I, can, I have that, I had that same issue with gambling myself. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Gambling is a big one. Gambling, gambling is a big one because it's it's easy to overlook and it's easy to to put to pass off as not a big deal. It's not right. it's not affecting me like that. You know what I mean? And um I started realizing bro in like regular conversation like you want to bet was so easy to say. It was like whatever somebody like we could be talking about anything like we could bet on it and like you know yeah i mean you've helped me you know what i'm saying we've had conversations about that and i don't really talk about it too much but you know what i mean you've even helped me with with understanding and being self-aware with with regards to to that kind of stuff as well and it's like i think that's all it is is just i learned I learned the importance of being in, being intentional, like we said, and just doing. I do everything in life with a purpose now. Right. I told myself. I told myself I wasn't just gonna do shit anymore. I don't just do do shit. You know just what I'm saying? Shit, yeah. Yeah, because that's that's a that's another trap that you can fall into. You just every one day same as the next. You know what I mean? Like, if you're not like purposeful and intentional about your day and what you want to get done, and you're not focused on things and you're not um constantly aware of self you know aware of like how much you're drinking you know what i'm saying like how you feel when you drink how you know what i'm saying like if you just if you just let letting the situation just be whatever the fuck is gonna be yeah then you just that's how you develop those habits and you fall into those traps 
And, you know, that's when everybody, you know, um, goes into the whole thing where it's like, oh, we got to find a strength. We got to do this. We got to do that. But really cold turkey, cold turkey is easy. Cold turkey is cold turkey is the easy part. Sticking with it, sticking with it and staying on that path is is what can be tough because you're going to get you're going to you're going to get um, if there's going to be temptation there depending on how you live in your life. You know what I mean? Yeah. So everybody's not in the position to entire, just change their entire ecosystem around to fit their sobriety. Some people, I know a guy who, who stopped drinking, but he's still a party promoter. He's still got to be at the, at the, at the bars, but he, 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 he don't, he doesn't want to drink. So he just got to sit there not holding a drink. You know what I mean? Like that, that's fucking tough. I can imagine that that's tough. Yeah. I'm thinking about it. I'm like, wow, like that would be like me getting you know, like getting a job running a poker spot. It's like, yeah, and I gotta go, you know, I, I gotta go on tour and shit like that, you know. So that it was tough. It was tough to um get back used to actually. I don't really have a whole lot of memories of performance over from before. I know that, when we, that's what I was gonna ask you. I was gonna ask you if you had memories of like or things that you you hear now from people at, or memories that people talk about or even music do you ever do you ever find like rediscovering music that you did that you were like oh you know like oh okay that was it that's where i was in my life at that point do you ever you ever get oh, those moments oh, you mean like go back and let like let, come across some drunk music right it all sucks <laughs> it all sucks bro it all sucks I listen to that shit like, oh. Mm. I mean, you know, you know, just the real drunk sound and shit. You know what right, I mean? Right, but, right. Um, um, but I, I made some, I made some, I made some pretty cool music. Um, just during my time as, you know, as a as a drunk writer, I made some, I made some okay stuff. It's some, it's some stuff I go back and listen to, and I still, I still like it. But I, you know, I can just hear where. Cause it, 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 it used to go like this, like everything would be tight at the beginning and then it'll just loosen up toward the end of the song, mm. toward like halfway through the second half of the second verse and beyond. Um, I can hear, I can hear, I can hear between 12 and, and, and five in the morning in the song. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah like it, it's just, it's just, you could, I could tell, you know what I mean? It's just, even it was a song. It was a, um, a record that I, an old joint that I posted on Instagram today and shit. And, uh, I never finished it, but I was just listening to the two verses and I was just like, man, I must have recorded this first verse earlier and the second verse way later. Wow. Okay. So, yeah. So you're spotting it. You're, you hear it, you know it. Yeah. Cause it's just like, um, it's just more, it's just more in the pocket. It's just more tighter. And I know me, like when it when it gets later, I like to I like to do things when I'm when I'm recording it. I like to uh push the envelope a little bit. Yep. Like try things. And then I don't mind things not being so tight because I just I'm laying it so I can go back and relay it. Right. And sometimes I won't go back and re relay stuff. I won't even I won't even go back to the song. You know what I mean? Or I'll come across it and be like, fuck, I forgot I started this one. You know what I mean? So that was one of the ones I, I was like, damn, I forgot about this joint. And I, and I just listened to the second verse and I just noticed the drastic difference and I was able to identify exactly why. Wow. So imagine just going back and listening to drunk music, like Death is Certain, an album of mine that, that people consider, some people consider it my, either my best work or they consider it a classic or they just consider it something that it resonated with them the most out of the stuff that I've done. I can't listen to it. Not not necessarily because I feel like I sound drunk on it, but it's just I must have did a good job because it take it take me right back to that time. I mean, that was a wow. fucked up. That was just a fucked up time. It was a it was a time where I was like really really angry. I was really angry, really unhappy, and um, I what I wasn't able to articulate that, and I wasn't able to. I I didn't realize the importance of being able to articulate that, and um the importance of, of being able to identify with some of the, some of the ways that you're feeling, 
because I grew up setting traps for myself, suppressing feelings, mm-hmm. things that I seen, the things that I seen that were that were tra- that would be considered traumatizing, or just things that I seen that that I'm connected to emotionally that I either have some sort of emotional reaction to, I suppressed it. I just took it and put it somewhere. So I didn't have to look at it, see it, deal with it, um, and moved on. Well, I thought I was moving on. Right. When you do that, you know, when you do that, all of those things come back. They come back in some shape, form, or fashion. So that's kind of like how that how that goes. You know, and you can get yourself used to like just dealing with things like that. By the time I turned 17, I don't think I was dealing with a single emotion. You know what I mean? Like I, I remember going to a funeral, my grandma's funeral. And um the only thing I remember about the funeral is trying to cry. I remember my mom crying and I used to, if I see my mom upset, I'm upset. Yeah, it'll get you, yeah. But she was crying and I I remember just thinking to myself, like I'm the only one who's not crying. I need to be crying, you know what I mean? So I was trying to, I was trying to find it and I couldn't find it, you know? So it's like, I think, I think when you, when you suppress shit, in that manner for that long period of time, you lose, you, you lose touch with your center, you know, like your center of gravity, like where everything, where your truth is based, you, you lose touch with, with self. Right. And you can't reach and find the tangible things that you need in order to stay balanced. I look at it just like how you look at the universe. You know what I mean? I would imagine that when it rains, it rains because it has to. Right. It rains because we need the plants need water, and certain things that grow from the earth, they grow from the earth because somebody needs that shit. Human beings need to eat it, or animals need it. So one thing works with the other thing. You know what I mean? And that's how we keep balance. So imagine if the universe just got all out of whack. Just one, just one day, it's just all out of whack. Mm-hmm. So it's just like the the plants is burning up because the sun is fucking burning it. And the universe is just not aligned. So the universe can't even just get the rain. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't find the rain. The fucking plants are going to burn up. And it's going to affect everything that is put here to affect everything. You know what I mean? Yep. So, I mean, that's kind of like how I look at self. You know what I mean? So we we get taught to kind of like, ignore certain feelings or just go away from certain emotion or emotion at all. And we never really get taught how to communicate, you know, cause our parents, they don't, they represent a generation that's just not, that's not um, synonymous with having information. Like they, that generation failed us from an information standpoint. They didn't have that. They didn't have those tools. Right. Those tools that was not an amenity to us, you know what I'm saying? So like, all of the information, the, per- the pertinent information that we needed, we were just lucky enough that social media became a thing as we became adults. You know, so we had to learn everything that we know through trial and error. And not only did we have to do that, but we had to unlearn most of the shit that we thought we learned. We learned facts. So it's a process. That's a time-consuming process, and a lot of a lot of people don't have that kind of time. You know what I mean? So I had to I had to figure a lot of things out. So that that totally made sense to me why I wasn't able to make the kind of album I needed to make. You know what I mean? Like I didn't I wasn't even I didn't even know what I was. You know, and like the thing what I was that I could tell you that I was I didn't think people would be interested in that because. I was I was measuring that against what I was interested in, mm. and it was just like they you know they rapping about selling drugs and and being you know street niggas and fucking you know that, that Life, was the popular, yeah. that was the popular story to have, and I didn't have that story, so I just you know rapped about killing other rappers you know because my foundation was like you know the, the young rapper from the open mics battle rapper so. It wasn't I'll, tell until- you, I'll tell you this much, bro. And if we're going to talk about bodies of work, like if we're going to talk about the last three albums, mm-hmm. th- them, them motherfuckers should be in, in a museum. I appreciate that, man. Layers, I mean, Book of Ryan and the Allegory. 
Like we haven't we even we didn't even talk about the allegory, bro. Like, you know what I mean? Obviously, salute on the Grammy nod, but like probably one of the most revered albums, you know, in a time where you predicted everything that's happening right now. Mm-hmm. And if we talk about Book of Ryan, where you completely added full transparency to you. Like, it was just like, well, I mean, however however much transparency you felt it was, but like, it was a thing that for you was like, this, was, this is a defining moment. This is a defining moment. And I felt layers, man, you know, you know, you already know how I feel, but like w- the way layers set up for the book of Ryan and then, and then, and then where you took it with the album, it's, that is right there. That's, that's museum shit. That, that, those three are, to me are flawless albums. I can see that.